It's God's plan for me, and I respect yes, that. It's God's plan for me, and I believe uh -huh. that. It's God's plan for me, and I receive that. Guess yep. what, dawg? You know you better believe uh -huh. that. It's God's plan for me, and I respect yes, that. It's God's plan for me, and I believe uh -huh. that. It's God's plan for me, and I receive That's that. Fight. Fikes. Welcome to Favorite Purpose. I am your host, Jamel Deal. Like I say, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, welcome back. Uh, we're, we're back. Uh, 2024. Uh, we're getting ready to hit the ground rolling. Uh, couldn't let January get by uh, without actually dropping a podcast and kind of, you know, getting back into the swing of things. And um, as I took my, my break, uh, I, I talked to God a lot and um, I, I saw a few things and I learned a lot of different things and uh, had conversations with people and, you know, they, I found out that I'm a perfectionist. And so uh, what that means is that uh, every time I do something, I want it to be so perfect. And uh, I'm not sure that comes with the competitive nature or if, like I just want to make sure that I'm prepared and make sure that I'm always, you know, the best at what I do. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, uh, I, I consider that a gift that God has given me. And so I'm going to go ahead and get into a, a quick prayer for you guys before I deliver the message today. And I kind of want to start doing this more. Uh, I kind of want to start doing this podcast more consistently again. And like I say, it's it's been time that, you know, I've been spinning with God and actually talking to him, asking him what is right and uh, what should I be doing? And it keeps circling back around to get back to doing what you're doing for the kingdom and make sure that you get back to, you know, sharing the word of God with others. So. Dear God, I want to come to you today and ask that you please use my voice to transpire or to uplift you and uh, also give you all the glory and that my voice uh, carries your message today and that people understand what it is that they need to do to be more like Christ. And uh, also ask for, you know, forgiveness and ask for you to forgive us of our sins and of our flesh that we want to continue to grow in our relationship with you and hope that this message helps someone today grow into their relationship with you jesus i pray amen all right so here we go we got approaching god with care so that is going to be my message for today is approaching god with care and so on favorite purpose quite some time ago i shared that everyone has experienced a broken promise and unfilled expectations so you also had some people who experienced shattered dreams and uh the good thing about the bible is that it provides answers to what it is god needs you to do and so, uh, and then, you know, it introduces you to people like Solomon, you know, who's in the book of Ecclesiastes, which I'm going to be, uh, I, get, I studied, uh, not too long ago. And so I want to share that with you guys. Uh, you know, he recorded his own experiences with disappointment, you know, as he tried to find peace apart from God. And so throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, he uses examples of wealth, wisdom, popularity, and pleasure. And so a lot of us struggles with struggle with that. And so, it was shown how each of them ultimately ended in disappointment. And so, you know, that became a disappointment because that was, you know, his sole reason for existing. And so if that's your sole reason for existing, you're going to figure out real soon why that should not be. So after partnering this dilemma for several chapters, Solomon finally comes to the conclusion that fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty, which is found in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. He abandoned any hope in worldly pursuits and decided that glorifying God provides the only lasting meaning in life. So, 2024, uh, what can we say about it so far? Um, it has been amazingly challenging so far for me, me personally. So, the ending of 2023 was rough on me, and I don't really want to go too deep into it, but just know that it was not, you know, 
me by myself. Just know that, you know, if it was not for God on my side, who knows where I would be. And so I know a lot of us have that moment or we all had that moment in 2023. Like if it wasn't for God, I don't know how I would have made it to 2024. So just so many things happen in such a short period of time to me. And so I just needed to make sure, you know, that I sat still and, you know, let God give me the strength to make it through. So, you know, I lost my uh, auntie Lillian, you know, as the year started, you know, football season was picking up for me. For those of you who don't know, this is your first time tuning in. I'm a high school coach and, you know, um, I coach football and basketball, you know, and I teach uh, behavior students. So at the beginning of the school year, it was hard for me because I lost, you know, one of my favorite aunts. And I hope if any of my other aunts are listening to this, I don't want you to take it personal. I love all my aunts. But, uh, you know, I just know that, you know, I love T. Lillian, man. And like she always did a lot of things, you know, to support God and to, you know, make sure that I had God in my life as well. And so, you know, I know she's up there laughing in heaven, you know, with her husband and her son. And so, you know, I also lost my grandmother three days into the new year. And so, you know, uh, it was a beautiful home going celebration and big mom was 94 years old, you know, and, um, she was loved by many and she will be, you know, missed dearly. But this episode is dear to my heart because big mom would always say to me, God is good, you know, uh, and look at here, you know, make sure you treat people right. And you always dress nice. And so then she will always say when she saw me the next time, she'll say, you look like you got plenty of money. And so, I love you, big mama, and I know you're dancing up there in heaven. So uh, I just want to kind of put that out there and let you guys know it's been a rough, rough couple of months for me, a rough few months for me. But let me tell you why God is good, though. And so now as we take a moment to dive into God's word through Ecclesiastes, I want us to understand that as King David's son, Solomon has seen a lot of things. He's seen some things while he's, you know, while his dad was doing all he was doing in his reign as king. So. He came on strong, letting us know that everything is meaningless. And he, you know, he posed the question, what do people get for all their hard work under the sun? And that was a great question. You know, history merely repeats itself. It all, you know, has been done before. Everything's been done before. You know, nothing under the sun is truly new. And it's kind of like, what? What does that mean? Sometimes people say here is something new, but actually it is old. We just reinvent the wheel. Or we find new ways to do it. And it's kind of like nothing is ever truly knew we don't remember what happened in the past and in the future generations no one will remember what we are doing right now and so um he discussed the coming and going of generations but the earth never changes it stuck out to me in scripture when he said you know everything is wearisome beyond description no matter how much we see we are never satisfied no matter how much we hear we are not content so is that still true today I mean, it's a great question. Is that is that still true today? Have we grown weary of well-doing because we aren't satisfied? Have we grown weary of well-doing because we are content? Two, three great questions. One, two, three great questions right there. No matter how many times God has shown us that we cannot do anything without him, we still have that. I'm just going to see for myself mindset. We are not satisfied, guys. So no matter how many times God has spoke to us saying that he is the way, the truth, and the light, and we still aren't content with that. Why? As we get closer to our main reason for today's message, I thought it would help tie it all together. So if I gave you a little more Bible, so you just, you know, you just might want to check it out for yourself. And that's why I was going to give you, I want to give you a little bit more Bible. So Solomon spoke on the futility of wisdom and he devoted himself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom, everything being done under heaven. This is Ecclesiastes 1.13. 
He will soon discover that God dealt a tragic existence to the human race. He observed everything going on under the sun, and really it is all meaningless and compared it to chasing wind. That's Ecclesiastes 1, 13-14. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. This is the king of Israel. He set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But he learned that pursuing that was like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow, which made me think, what did he mean by that? What did he mean by that? He began to talk about the futility of pleasure and how it still required wisdom for him to have all that his heart desired, but it was still meaningless like chasing wind. The wise and the foolish have the same fate. They both will eventually die, for the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. That's Ecclesiastes 2, 14-15. He came to hate life because everything under the sun is so troubling. He once again said that everything is meaningless like chasing the wind. Once again, that's their wind. Chasing that wind. That's Ecclesiastes 2 and 17. Now, hey, listen to this. All of the work he had put in came into question because he would never know if his successors will be wise or foolish. Ecclesiastes 2, 18 and 19. And I kept reading on and said, some people work wisely with knowledge and skill. They must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. Ecclesiastes 2, 21 to 23. Some of us have people in our lives who feel like they have a right to our knowledge or skills because you are family or close friends. Mm. Although Solomon is saying it is meaningless, it would mean a lot if some people would support those who worked wisely with knowledge and skill to get where they are and not just reach out to pick their brains for personal gain. And I also thought about it. It's like your parents hard work. You know, a better relationship with Christ does not guarantee your relationship with Christ. And so you have to put in the work for yourself. And just like those people who feel like. Oh, you know, I'm real close to a person who figured it out. I'm really close to this person who had, you know, put all the work in, uh, you know, just because they put all the work in, they're going to share that knowledge with me. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with you thinking that. But at the same time, I want you to realize that here it is saying that everybody has their own gifts. But at the same time, it is meaningless because we all have the same fate. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're picking and choosing what you want to work hard for and what you think that you're going to go along for a ride on. But let's, that's, that's, that's later on. Let's, let's keep going. All right. So the question was asked, so what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Working many days with pain and grief and sometimes can sleep at night. It is all meaningless. So when you're talking about Ecclesiastes 2, 22 and 23, it's talking about working many days with pain and grief. And then sometimes you can't sleep at night. So it's still meaningless, though. So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. Then he asked for who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him. So this is, you know, Solomon asking this. And so some people take the scripture and try to twist it to make it right for their lives. And I am guilty of that sometimes, you know, and I'm guilty of that in the past for sure. But, you know, I'm growing more in my discernment and I'm growing more in the word. And I'm, and I'm starting to figure it out that, you know, but when you're on this journey with God, discernment and doctrine will put you where you need to be. OK, see uh, Solomon, you know, is letting us know 
that our pleasures of food and drinking are still from the hand of God. But the context is in which it is being used will go above you know, above our heads. If we aren't wise, then, you know, there's pleasure in doing the work of God as we feed ourselves the word and drink from the blood of Jesus. We are acknowledging we can't do anything apart from him. And so God gives wisdom, knowledge and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. Now, you can read that in Ecclesiastes 2 and 26. Read more. As a sinner, you can have all of the wealth. But if you do not please God, he will take it away giving it to those who please him instead which you guessed it this too is meaningless like chasing the wind they go chasing that wind again y'all let's think about this from a biblical perspective god is pleased when when we was uh as sinners he was pleased when we came to him now when we repent and then we seek his word he is pleased we become wealthy when we give ourselves to god sometimes as sinners we think that our pleasures aren't that bad and we start to depend on ourselves which then ends up with us enjoying anything apart from him so that'll put us in that category of trying to enjoy anything apart from him but god would take that very thing away from you when he is not pleased with you a while back if you've been listening to the podcast you know i had an episode with the message you know there's a time for everything and there is a question what do people really get for all their hard work and that was a question i asked you know solomon called it a burden god has placed on us all then he says, yet God has made everything beautiful for his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Now, that's in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 through 11. Life is short, guys. And so I'm looking back and I'm thinking to, you know, 94 years from my big mama. That's, you know, that's a life well lived. And so, you know, um, that's a very long life. And so uh, it's good to be happy and enjoy yourselves while you're here. But like, like I said, life is short and we still have this worldly thought that drinking and eating has, you know, has to mean alcohol and full course meals. No, no. As it reads, and people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor for these are gifts from God. Ecclesiastes 3, 12, 13. Read it. It's in the Bible. The gifts from God were made and handpicked just for you. I was just talking to my wife about this the other day. Everything that God has given you or gift he has given you is made just for you, specifically for you. He really made everything beautiful for his own time. If you are hearing this right now, today is your time. Please know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. That's in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 14. I want you to know that I read verse 15 over and over again to make sure I understood why God makes the same things happen over and over again. When you get to a place in your life and everything seems to be going good, prayer life good, reading your Bible, going to church, doing your good deeds, you know, the list goes on. Then all of a sudden temptation approaches. You get into a fight with your spouse or a family member. You're late on a payment. Uh, you know, you don't have enough for the payment or the people at your job start tripping, you know. And because you've done it before, you try to rely on yourself rather than giving it up to God. You know, it can be a vicious cycle of constant struggle, guys. And so when it's done, it's done. I'm referring to life in that sense. When it's done, it's done. Be happy with the work you've done so far and accept your lot in life. Even when you feel like you're not where you want to be. Have faith that God's timing is the best timing. There's somebody out there right now who is motivated to succeed or motivated to success only because they envy a person who has what they want. 
what's for you is for you and what's not is not you know we have to live with that you know what i'm saying and so the advantages of companionship is something i shared also with you guys on faith and purpose a while back you know and it's important to understand why two people are better than one. Even a third is better because a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It's in the Bible. It says that. And so it is clear that God made us to have companionship and not have to go through everything alone. Now, listen to this part right here. There are some seasons you will have to go through alone without people. But remember that you are not truly alone because God planted eternity in your heart. You just have to hold on to his voice and the Holy Spirit through all of the turbulence and choppy winds. They go that wind. All right. Now we have arrived to our message where we're going to sit for a little while and, and make sure that we are approaching God with care. And so approaching God with care requires you to first have the wisdom to know that he is your Lord and Savior. Secondly, pleasing God makes you wealthy, not money or valuables. Third, be popular with God by never being apart from him constantly pray fast and worship him fourth acknowledge his creation of you he knows you by name all right so remember those four points and so as we enter the house of god keep your ears open and your mouth shut it is evil to make modest offers to god okay that starts off in Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1 and reads on more so when i broke that down listen to what god is speaking into you don't speak about what you can offer god or think you can offer god you know what I'm saying? Just listen to God. You don't speak. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters to God. All I mean, after all, God is in heaven and we are here on earth. So let your words be few. All right. That's in verse two. It is best to not make promises to God. We shouldn't make promises because if we don't keep them, then God would not be happy with us. Make sure that your words are few and your actions are plenty. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words uh, make you a fool. That's in verse three. We all heard the saying, you're doing too much. And, and some of us are doing exactly that. Why would you think it is okay to sing holy, holy on Sundays, but soon as you leave the church, you throwing back a beer or, or thinking about that sneaky link you got set up. You, you're wondering why you can't sleep at night or get rest. It's because your actions aren't what they should be to approach god with care the excuses of this is just how i am you all you know you hear that this is how i am or this is how my family is or it is just you know generations of this you know this pain and trauma that i'm dealing with so i you know i gotta keep going that way because that's what my mama told me that's what my daddy told me or this is just how my family is you know this is what they did for all these years that's kind of attitude that some of us have right and so and, and it's sending you to a place made just for fools I want you to understand that there are fools out there just like you and it's sending you to that place. You need to stop doing that. Your words don't carry any weight when you are acting like a fool. I'm saying that right now. So when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through. For God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to him. That's Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4. So that same promise you make all the time. Like this is, you know, this is basically, you know, uh, how we break it down. God, I promise I'm not going to sleep with that woman anymore. God, I promise I'm not going to sleep with that man anymore. You know how it is. You're talking to God saying, God, I promise I'm not going to entertain pornography anymore. I promise you I won't look at those magazines. I promise you I won't do anything for flesh that, you know, pleasure myself and then, you know, feel disgusted right after. You know what I mean? So, you know, God, I'm not going to treat others with disrespect anymore. Um, okay, you just cursed somebody out yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, 
Why, why are we making these promises and we're breaking them? God, if you can just stop it, just stop it, okay? God is not fooled by that. He knows you. He's just waiting on you to approach him with care, okay? So it is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. He says, five, verse 5, when you was a child and your parents or someone you love promised you something and it didn't happen or go as planned, do you remember how sad it made you? Can we call a time where someone did not mention anything, but they surprised you with something you always wanted? Do you remember that time? God doesn't want your words or promises because he already knows your every thought and move. So he planned it all out and made you a promise before you were even formed in your mother's womb. Don't let your mouth make you sin. Okay. Just remember that. Don't, make, don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry. He might wipe out everything you have achieved. That's like he said, it's five or six. Now this Bible. This is in the Bible. I'm not making this up. This is in the Bible. Your mouth can get you in trouble and your regret can cause you to think that because God is angry with you, he will take everything from you. Meaning your gifts. God will never take your gifts from you because those are made with love from him. Let's not make God angry by trying to defend ourselves when making a mistake or not keeping our promises. Okay, remember, so we're not supposed to be get, making promises to God anyway, because God already knows, you know, our every move. He knows our heart. He knows what's going on. He knows that we're going to make that mistake that we're making. So we don't need to make no promises. We just need to listen to him, come to him and approach God with care. Right. Talk is cheap like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 7. Now. Talking about being a Christian and not being practical is useless, guys. It's useless. If you're only a Christian when it benefits you, then you're wrong. Some of you fear that people won't like you because you're walking with God and, you know, you're embarrassed by that. There's no reason to be embarrassed by that. You know what I mean? The best thing for your life is to fear God instead of the world. Obey God and you will find peace when you understand that you are nothing when you're apart from God. And this is, what, this is what Solomon figured out, right? There is no finding peace apart from God. He figured this out. He figured this out in Ecclesiastes. He was saying that this is, this, is, this is telling me that I am not in peace when I'm apart from God. And I do have peace when I am a part of God. When I'm a part of God, I have so much peace. And, and I found this to be true because as I started the new year and as I got into, you know, the uh, second semester of my job and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I remember what it was like to wake up at 430 in the morning and read my Bible before I do anything else. And I do remember that I found that peace in reading the word and being able to start my day that way and knowing that, OK, God is with me today. And, and I approached my job differently. And so that's why I picked back up on that. And I was like, yo, like this is what I've been missing. And this is what I need to be doing. And this is where I need to make sure that I continue to do and share this word with people about approaching God with care, because that's all God is waiting for. He's waiting for you to, to approach him with care. And so I also went down and thought about Solomon when he was like, fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty. That's Ecclesiastes 12, 13. So it doesn't say everyone's duty except a few. No, it don't say that. Nope. It does not say that. It's everyone's duty to fear God and obey his commandments. Everyone. Okay. And you can't pick and choose when you want to do it. It's, you have to do that. Okay. And it's his commands. Follow God's commands. And so 
Someone can tell the difference from his command or a worldly command. And so I think a lot of us are struggling with that right now. We're, we're struggling with the fact that is this from God or is this from the enemy or is this for self? Is this from flesh? We're, we're struggling with that because we don't have, you know, we don't have that approach. We don't have the right approach and we're not we're not approaching him with care. And we're not actually reading the Bible and trying to understand that this is our guide and this helps us to navigate this world so we can get to the kingdom. Right. We want to get to the kingdom. We want to get to heaven. So, like I said, we need to use this Bible, use this word to navigate so we can know who to stay away from and who we can also invite into our kingdom and invite, well, invite into our life so we can spread the word so that we all can rejoice in God's kingdom. Does that make sense? Now, uh, it also says that the, the author of this, of Ecclesiastes, was saying that, you know, uh, he had abandoned any hope in worldly pursuits and decided that glorifying God provides the only lasting meaning in life. So remember those wins that he was trying to chase. He was saying it's like chasing wins. If you ever try to chase win, <laughs> good luck. I want you to understand that. Good luck. Because the, the miles per hour are moving so fast that you you really could never catch up with the win. You never could. So it's like pointless, right? And so that's what you're saying is meaningless. But glorifying God. It provides the only lasting meaning in life. So if you approach God with care, right, and you glorify God. And so what that means is that now you found the true meaning of life. And the true meaning of life is life is glorifying God. Live your life to the best of your abilities. Also, make sure that you use your gifts properly and ask God to help you with those gifts that he's provided you and provide some type of clarity and so what that means is that when god is not moving when you want him to move that don't mean that you just say you know what I, i'm gonna go see for myself no don't go see for yourself you need to go ahead and sit still like i did all this time not making a podcast and i sat there and i and i, and I sat in it and i waited and, and, I, and i'm going to continue waiting because i want to make sure that i can show obedience make sure that i can show patience and make sure that i understand that my relationship with god is only going to be as good as it can be when i put in the effort i do want you guys to know that approaching god with care is very important if you believe it and you receive it today all you have to do is say amen and amen all right um i hope this message helps someone today and I hope that you can share this message with a friend or a family member. And I just want to say thank you guys again for tuning in to FWP, Faithful Purpose. FWP gang, I love you. God loves you. And that's Fikes. Peace. Jesus, Jesus.